Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold and welcome to All Things Pilates Season 5. There is a collective fascination with Joe Pilates, his method and inventions. The exercise paradigm continues to evolve as does our understanding of Joe's genius. So join us because we know there is always more to explore. As you may recall, in 2000, the Pilates community experienced a collective sigh as the Pilates trademark was litigated in a court of law. However, this lawsuit resulted in the Pilates name not deemed proprietary. Now, in 2023, there is yet another Pilates lawsuit pending, and my guest today, Mary Kelly, is right smack in the middle of it. Boston-born, Mary, after discovering Pilates in 2008, went on to certify through Romana's Pilates in 2016. I've asked Mary to share her perhaps cautionary story, and though it may give you pause, it's important that our community understands what is at stake. Hello, Mary. Thank you for your time today. Hi, Darian. Thank you for having me. All right. Let's get right to the current lawsuit. For those of our listeners who haven't been following the lawsuit and your counter lawsuit, will you explain what this lawsuit is about? Sure. Um, being sued in federal court for copyright infringement and unfair competition. So the plaintiff in the case is Sean Gallagher, Rich Tone Designs. He's the same plaintiff as the Pilates trademark lawsuit over 20 years ago. And the infringement claim has to do with images I posted to my business Instagram account, True Pilates Boston. I can get into what some of those images are in a bit, but Basically, they were pictures of Joe or Joe and Clara that I believe I had every right to post. And then my counterclaim has to do with the fact that my business Instagram account was shut down as a result of Mr. Gallagher's claims. And I'm just disputing his claim to copyright on all of the historical images he happens to have in his possession. Am I correct in understanding that other teachers also have had their accounts shut down? That's right, Darian. Um, I know of six other instructors who have had their accounts disabled and countless others who have had individual posts taken down or been threatened by Mr. Gallagher or his attorneys. Okay, so will you please explain Instagram's process? How does that even happen? Sure. Instagram is subject to something called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And it's not specific to Instagram, any online providers, YouTube, Spotify, the rest. The DMCA is designed to protect legitimate copyright holders from having their work infringed upon. So I don't want to get into the weeds too much on the copyright law and how it works, but anybody who's interested in that subject, the Pilates Transparency Project has a YouTube account. And I recently participated in a webinar hosted by the PMA 
with two attorneys from George Washington University. So there's a much more in-depth discussion there. But short story, somebody files a report and say that somebody is violating their copyright. Then the person who was reported can file a counterclaim. Then it goes back to the original reporter. So they have 10 days in which they either have to file a lawsuit or the account goes back up. So I had to agree to be sued in order to even file the counterclaim. And Mr. Gallagher chose to sue me rather than let my small business Instagram account go back up. All right. Well, how many violations lead to an account shutdown? I bet there are people listening to this who never even heard of the term shutdown. Can you give us an example of of what you were posting that was so awful? <laughs> sure. Well, so there's no standard in terms of how many violations will lead or alleged violations, I guess I should say, will lead to a full account termination. In my case, I was reported for 25 in total, but there are others who had their accounts shut down over a single violation. So there's no way to know. I should point out, too, that my account wasn't focused on archival images or Pilates history. It was simply my studio business account. So most of my accounts were photos in the studio, client success stories, notifications of a new class or a workshop, nothing really to do with Pilates history. But yes, there, there was an occasional photo of Joe, and I didn't believe that showing an image of the man behind the method that my business is based on was infringing on anybody else's rights. So after my first account was shut down, I set up a second account. And it was just a matter of days before Mr. Gallagher reported a post from that account for copyright violation. So at that point, I was being very careful because it was the second time around. So I was citing every source, every photographer, whether it was me or somebody else. And in that case, the first takedown on my second account was one of Joe and his various apparatus. I know you trained to Dragos. And so anybody yes. who trained there through Pilates New York would be familiar with it. It's a Joe standing outdoors. He's holding his various apparatus. He's got the head apparatus, the neck stretch, or a magic circle. Yes, yes. So I had received this from the University of Maine. I posted it with their permission, their required citation. And despite the fact that the photographer is John Lindquist, the copyright is held by Harvard University. Mr. Gallagher claimed both to the University of Maine and to Instagram that the copyright was his. So how he does this is because it's published in his so-called book and <laughs> um, without, without attribution, I might add, but still he claims the copyright is his. And I, I, this isn't how copyright works. It just isn't. When you were saying that the, your first account was shut down, you had 25 images. There was a citation on 25 images. There were 22 on my first account. And after the 22, there were 19 in one day. Oh, I'll get into that. I'll get into that in a bit because he had gone. Anyhow, there were 19 in one day. Then there were three more, I believe, that caused that account to be shut down. And then when I set up my second account, it was three strikes, you're out. But again, I, there are people who had one, literally one post, one removal, full takedown. So it, there's no num there's no magic number there. Okay. Now the internet and social media in general is full of Pilates related images, right? So 
Yeah, sure. Why were you so special? <laughs> why were you, why were you singled out? Good question. I met Mr. Gallagher once, and that was when I volunteered for cleanup day at his property in Beckett, Mass. And that was in 2018. So apparently he wasn't impressed with my painting skills. Um, oh, I, no. I <laughs> um, but my I heard from him first on the Instagram matter in January of 2021. And this was after I had posted three images of one of Joe's students. This was actress and singer Elaine Malbin. Oh, the opera singer. Yes. Yes. And I had purchased photos of her in Joe's studio on eBay. And when I posted them at the time, they hadn't been widely circulated. So my posts were very simple. A caption might have read, nope, the fishnet stockings. Um, I didn't tend to post things with much fanfare. And I think it was either the first or second post that I made led Gallagher to make a comment on one of my posts. And it was something to the effect of, Nice to see people posting images that Elaine Ewing paid to scan. So I didn't really understand what this comment meant. I didn't reply to it. And I knew a little bit about his reputation. So I just blocked him from my account. And that is when the stuff hit the proverbial fan. Um, that's when he went through my Instagram account, went back to its inception. He reported me for 19 separate violations. So this was that was like sort of the big first wave. And all of those images were ones that I had posted over the course of the previous four years. So then, less than a week later, Gallagher's partner, Miss Ewing, came out with a supposedly impromptu Instagram Live. She talked about her discovering these images, and she went on to flood her Instagram with photos from the collection. So let me just backtrack for a second. The Elaine Malvin photos were taken in 1956 by a photographer for Look Magazine. His name is John Vachon. And they were unpublished. They were in the Library of Congress archives, and the rights to them are clearly spelled out on the Library of Congress website. So the timing of Gallagher reporting me for 19 supposed copyright violations and Ewing announcing her discovery just didn't feel coincidental to me then. It doesn't feel coincidental to me now. In 2020, so prior to these posts, um, Gallagher and Ewing were attempting to pass the photos off as belonging to his archives. And they were absolutely trying to monetize them. So they were being marketed through their Pilates source venture as a four-part series. They called it the study of Joe's original studio. So here's the puzzle. How did she discover something in 2019, but wait more than a year after her discovery and then just days after my three posts in January 2021, all of a sudden decides it's time to share. So I really do feel that Gallagher reporting me to Instagram was retaliation. Can I ask a question right here? Sure. How were they making money off of Elaine Malbin's photos? I, I'm a little unclear about that. They're four part, a four part series. This four-part series, so it was 2020, so it was COVID, so in-person workshops weren't happening. So these were Zoom workshops that people paid to um, attend. Um, there were four of them. I, I forget, it cost 50 or $75 a pop. I, I, I don't remember the price, and it, that, that was the vehicle. I think that they were, well, I don't, I, I won't speculate, but I know that happened. <laughs>
So the four-part series was to educate the public about who Joe's students were and who these students were actually, like an opera singer. Actually not. That's interesting. It, it was really talking about the studio itself. So they did not disclose who the, they did not disclose the name of Elaine Melvin. Um, they did not disclose the name of the photographer. They did not disclose the Library of Congress. So it was explicitly or implicitly meant to suggest that they had been recently restored from Sean's vast archives. That, 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 was, the, that was the story. Oh, okay. And you're not the only special one, apparently. No, and I think, I think that same experiences happen to others. They have, so for instance, Victoria Cuomo, she was running an Instagram live session on Pilates History Month, and shortly thereafter, her account was shut down, also by Mr. Gallagher. Um, Heather Erdman, she had taken some research photos at the New York Public Library of Carola Treyer. Um, as soon as she posted those, uh, her account was shut down. So it all feels retaliatory. And it feels as if Instagram and the DMCA process is being used as a weapon. And it just really has to stop. I mean, that's why we're here. He really didn't like your painting skills. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, uh, it leads me to obviously, what do you think is his motivation? Well, I hesitate to dig too deeply into his motivation from a psychological perspective, but from a business and marketing perspective, it's pretty important to him and his partner to be identified as the one true source of all things Joe. They refer to themselves as the Pilates source with an R and the circle and the registered trademark thing after it. In fact, there was a recent letter from Mr. Gallagher's attorneys to the judge in this case, and he spoke about the releasing of previously unseen materials is a marketing tool that is to intended to drive poster sales and attendance at workshops. So I felt that by posting the Melbourne photos, I seem to have stepped in the way of this see it here first strategy. And so that made me a target, but it shouldn't give them the right to abuse copyright and it shouldn't give them the right to interfere with my business. I mean, come on, nobody owns the history. We all should be able to access it and discuss it and being first shouldn't matter. Maybe that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> We can use that as a, a Pilates Transparency Project yes. fundraising yes. Um, item. Yeah, good, good idea. Thank good you. Call. Thank you. Like many teachers, though, certain archival materials have been handed down in order to share with the public or at least their circle of students. Were you given or loaned photos, for example, to share with others? Um, not photos. Uh, honestly, most of the photos that were the subject of my takedowns were just screenshots of images from the internet. A couple, as I mentioned, were available in digital libraries, such as the New York Public Library or the University of Maine. Uh, one was a one-loan photo of Joe and Clara. It's that very endearing photo of them in there in front of the Divana or spine corrector, and he has his arms folded, and they're sort of smiling at each other. And I had 
purchased that actually as a note card from Balanced Body. And I asked them permission prior to posting on an Instagram, which they granted. So that seemed legitimate. Another one of my takedowns was a t-shirt that had the image of the around the clock exercise. Now that t-shirt was given to me as part of a training program I was attending by a teacher who has a license agreement with Mr. Gallagher, um, no less, but it, it really doesn't matter. The around the clock image has long been in the public domain. It's not his copyright. And a t-shirt, it wasn't even the actual photo. It was like a replica on a t-shirt. And that was a takedown. Oh, now that is, that's not good. Nope. Nope. Hmm. It's curious. Wow. Litigation is very costly to everyone that's involved in any kind of lawsuit. And unless you come from a family of attorneys, it must be very difficult. How have you been able to pay your legal fees? Well, you're right. It, it is very costly. Um, shortly after I was served with Mr. Gallagher's complaint, um, an LLC was set up. That's the Pilates Transparency Project. And the purpose was to raise funds to pay for my defense. So a GoFundMe was created under the name of the Pilates Transparency Project. And I, I want to point out here, too, that the group of us who have had our accounts shut down by Gallagher all had our voices silenced, all had our Instagram followers zeroed out. So the Pilates Transparency Project Instagram account began with zero followers. And at the time, there was zero dollars to cover legal fees. Now, what's happened since then is grassroots in the truest sense of the word. We now have over a thousand donors. We're still not where we need to be money-wise, but we're making progress. And I, I do want people who are listening to know that every single donation matters and that 100% of the contributions to the GoFundMe go to cover legal fees, nothing else. That's very impressive from zero to a thousand. It's inspiring Very. and it's it's it shows what that people value being able to access and see this work and, and that it doesn't belong to one person, one gatekeeper. Joe must be either having a fit right now or just <laughs> utterly amused. Uh, it's probably having a good stiff drink and smoking a cigar. And <laughs> definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. I would like to ask you, in October of 2022, the New York Times published an article called The Fight for the Soul of Pilates. It was a very lengthy and thorough article. You were mentioned in this article. What are your thoughts about the overall tone and how you were represented? So at the time of the article, my attorneys did not want me to speak publicly about the case. So I was aware that the reporter was interviewing others who had been similarly attacked by Mr. Gallagher. And I also knew that she interviewed him. But what was really an eye opener to me was how thoroughly researched the article was. I would have thought an article involved a couple of weeks of interviews and then it was written and boom. But this um, article was over five months in the making, and I thought the reporter did just a very fair and thorough presentation of the facts. How has this entire lawsuit experience impacted you? Um, I think 
I must have been a little bit naive in the beginning as to how enormous an undertaking this would be. Um, there have been literally thousands of pages of documents filed, hundreds of letters, meetings, correspondence between me and my attorneys, correspondence between the attorneys for both sides, uh, meetings with the judge. I mean, it has been long and complicated. And I think if you're on the outside looking in, you would say, well, okay, he either has a copyright or he doesn't. Where's the evidence? But it's not that the litigation isn't that simple. So I used to refer to this as the part-time job I didn't sign up for. And then at times it became the full-time job I didn't sign up for. But I'm incredibly grateful and inspired by what's been an outpouring of support. And I think people truly see that there's an injustice here that taking down people's social media accounts and interfering with their businesses is wrong. And the fact is, there's a difference between owning something and owning the copyright to it. And claiming otherwise is just plain wrong. Through this process, what have you learned about yourself? Um, well, I always knew I was stubborn, so that's still the case. <laughs> <laughs> What have I learned about myself? <laughs> I've learned that I don't ever want to get into involved in litigation <laughs> again. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, but but also, you know, I've just learned, you know, in March, we had um, a March Madness fundraising event. And we asked for volunteers to just teach a math class and proceeds to the Pilates Transparency Project. And people just stepped up, raised a hand. I mean, I don't know these people, you know, they just, so the, what, I guess what I've learned, I don't know if it's about myself, but what I've learned about the community is that they really care. And, and that's been really wonderful. It's given you more confidence or determination in your own practice, maybe, and how you deal with the public, just having to go through this. It's like, legal boot camp or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I. You're I, stronger I, than you maybe thought. I hope I don't ever. <laughs> I hope I'm never involved in litigation again. You can't be intimidated. You, you maybe you learned that. No, I don't, feel, I don't feel intimidated. I never felt intimidated because I never questioned that I was right, that I, that I did anything wrong. So I, I couldn't be intimidated. I, I feel like I'm on the right side of this and I feel like it will end up in the right place. It's just taking an incredible amount of time to get there. Well, on a slightly different subject, will you tell us about your studio? Yes. Let's see. I opened my studio in late 2016. And then, like I'm sure many of your listeners, I'm a one-person operation. I do my own scheduling. I clean my own toilets. I do my own studio maintenance. Um, back when I had social media, I did my own social media. I don't have that anymore, but I have fabulous clients, and it's an honor to teach them. And if anything, I, my studio has been, uh, what's the, I don't know what the right word is, sort of a respite from the the lawsuit shenanigans. I mean, you know, I get to go to my studio and I get to be with my clients and then we're just doing Pilates and that's, that's what I should be doing. So that's wonderful. And I, I appreciate my clients and I appreciate that I have the opportunity to. Are you in downtown Boston? No, I'm actually in Newton, which is west of Boston. I'm probably uh, 15, less than 15 miles west of downtown on the, the I'm in an old 
converted silk mill building Ooh. and it's on the banks of the Charles River uh, or back, the back of the building is um, on the Charles River. So it's got huge high ceilings and brick walls. It's it's charming. It's, um, Sounds it's, charming. Yeah, it's it's nice. I, I, I'm happy there. What would be the best case scenario for this lawsuit? Well, what will happen as a result of this lawsuit is we're going to know definitively once and for all which historical materials are in the public domain. We'll be able to talk about them. We won't be worried about wor words we use. We'll be able to post them. We'll be able to share them. And it doesn't matter whether they are grids of the exercises or simply a photo of Joe in street clothes holding his cigar. I mean, <laughs> we'll be able to we'll be able to share them and discuss. There's been up to now a, a cloud kind of hanging over all of us. And I feel like this cloud will be lifted and it will be a win for everybody. And we don't know when this is going to happen. No, <laughs> no. I mean, we don't know if this will go to trial. Um, we're still right now in the discovery process. And that has been I think originally discovery was supposed to be completed in October, November of last year, and it's been extended a number of times, more times than I can remember. So now discovery is supposed to end the end of June, but there's an indication it may be extended past that. So until we get through discovery, we really can't sort of say what the next steps are going to be or you know whether in fact this ever will go to trial and if it does you know we're talking many 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 more hundreds of thousands of dollars that are seems crazy i mean but the trademark lawsuit that cost over a million dollars to defend so and that went on for 5 years this i i this shouldn't go on for 5 years and i believe it shouldn't go to trial but i'm an novice at this i'm not <laughs> I'm not an attorney, so and don't go by what I think. Speaking of money, how can people donate to your GoFundMe page? Yeah, so they can go to GoFundMe and um, search on the Pilates Transparency Project, or if they're not already a follower of the Pilates Transparency Project Instagram, I would say follow the Instagram. There's a link in the link tree of the Instagram that will bring you right to the GoFundMe. And in fact, the, the link tree on the Instagram could bring people to a few places. If they haven't read the New York Times article, there's a link to it there. I forget everything that's on the link tree right now, but there's definitely a link to the GoFundMe. There's a, probably a link to our YouTube. There's a copy of both the complaint and the counterclaim. If people are so inclined to want to read through those gory details, they can. But Definitely the link to the GoFundMe is there. So that's, that might even be the simplest way to do it is to just go to GoFundMe. Or go to our Instagram, go to the Instagram, follow the Instagram, and then link to Except, except some people don't do Instagram. Yeah. So if you don't do Instagram, go to GoFundMe.com and you search on Pilates Transparency Project and we're there. Is it the, the Pilates Transparency Project? Is there a the or just Pilates Transparency? project. So I think it's just Pilates Transparency Project. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, hopefully there is more clarity now. You've really laid out what is happening currently right now with the lawsuit and the counter 
lawsuit. Yeah. And I would say if anybody has specific questions, just shoot a DM through the, well, if you're not on Instagram, I don't don't know. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Um, What about your website and your email address? Well, there is a Pilates Transparency Project email. So Pilates Transparency Project at gmail.com. People could shoot a question there. If you're on Instagram, it's simpler to just send a message directly through the Instagram. And I would say we welcome questions because I feel that if one person has a question, you know, 10 other people could also have that question. And one of the things that we try to do in the Instagram is answer questions when they come up, Um, just for that reason, whether it's providing people an update on the lawsuit, you know, they might say, gee, I made a donation a year ago and what's going on? Or, you know, they might, there's been other questions that have been asked. So we'll do every once in a while an FAQ and question and and we're happy to answer. We are about transparency. So. Yes. Ooh, (laughs) that's a good one. We're not keeping it, (laughs) trying to keep any secrets here. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Mary, and for your explanation of this complicated issue. Marion, thank you for having me. I, um, I've been listening to you since you were a radio show and I don't know how oh, many years ago. That was but, in 2017. Um, <laughs> yeah, back before you were even a podcast. So <laughs> really? I've enjoyed your honor to be um, your guest. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck, Mary. Thanks, Darian. All Things Pilates is produced, written, Edited and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. This season has all original music by AKA Johnny. And if you're loving this podcast, leaving a review would be most appreciated. Why are we teaching and practicing Pilates? And whose permission do we need to help educate and lead? Joe Pilates almost single-handedly changed the exercise and wellness conversation. And though we may always differ on the varying approaches to his method, we must respect each other. Joe was a beacon of movement inspiration. And if we stay in our own practice, impart his work as we understand it, it will be the most authentic way to honor him and his teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in and meet you here in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates.